0: Welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast, the show that helps you to reach more people, help more people, and build the life you want to live by doing more than therapy. Are you looking to build an independent practice that is fulfilling, impactful, and financially rewarding? Did you know that I run a business course that's designed to help you do exactly that without making all the mistakes I made along the way? Over 12 weeks, we take you through everything you need to know to set up a practice that lets you live your values. Through a combination of teaching from experts, legal templates to make sure your practice is covered, peer support and group coaching sessions, this is the place for anyone looking to get off the starting blocks in private practice. The course is always accessible in pre-recorded format and three times a year we run a live cohort. So what are you waiting for? Join us at psychologybusinessschool.com forward slash the psychology business school. The link's in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast. Today I'm answering one of the most frequently asked questions I get when people are thinking about setting up in private practice for the first time. So today I'm gonna be talking through the tools that I think are essential for setting up in private practice in 2022, and also some tools which are not essential but are pretty nice to have and make your experience and your client's experience that little bit better. So every tool that I mentioned today, I'm going to provide a link for in the show notes to this episode. So I hope you're going to find it a really useful reference guide if you're just getting set up in private practice. All right. So what are the essentials for getting set up in private practice? Well, the first thing that you need to consider is getting some secure cloud storage that is GDPR compliant. This is where you can store all your documents relating to your practice and your clients. The one that I have tried and tested is Google Drive, which comes as part of the Google Workspace. Very, very cheap, very affordable and very good in in my experience. And if you use it correctly, it is GDPR compliant. You obviously need to check their help documentation to make sure that you are using it in a compliant way, but they have thought all of that through for you and I can vouch for it being very, very good. So I do recommend Google Drive. There are other options out there. I know Microsoft do a similar suite uh, and iCloud also have options as part of the Apple network. I haven't tried either of those and I don't know about their compliance. So I am recommending Google Drive to you, but do your research. So long as you've got some secure cloud storage, then you're all good. The second thing you need to think about is practice management software. I'm a big advocate for this. This is the stuff which allows you to keep track of all your appointments, invoice your clients, store your notes, your reports, and track any communication that you have with clients. It it makes the day-to-day running of your practice much smoother, helps you come across as professional to clients and prospective clients, uh, which ultimately allows you to make more money. And it also takes all the worry out of things like freedom of information requests and any legal requests you might get for access to your notes, because everything is there under your client's record. Uh, Whenever you need it at the click of a button, I I, I really wouldn't be without mine. Um, In fact, I, I believe in this so much that this is the one company that I have an affiliate link for. So I've got an affiliate link for WriteUp, which is a private practice management software, which I use personally, have used for a very long time and really rate Um, And it's the only company I've ever had an affiliate link for. So if you click on the link in the show notes through to write up, I get a small amount of money from them uh, because I referred you to them. Um, And I don't do that for any other company. But I, I just really wish that more psychologists and therapists got practice management software from the beginning of their practices. Because I see so many people really bogged down in admin um, and I'm really stressed by, you know, getting their appointments muddled up, not being able to find their notes, not knowing how to secure things, um, how to store things, sorry, in a GDPR compliant way. And they really don't need to be practice management software like WriteUp up starts at about 20 pounds a month and it takes all of those worries away. The other thing that you can do through practice management software is get your clients to sign consent, terms and conditions, therapy contracts, all of that stuff within the software. So again, it's all saved um, in their record. So you never have to dart around in your Google Drive looking for it. Couldn't recommend it more. Write-up's the one that I know, so I'm recommending that one but there are quite a few packages out there. So it is worth having a look around at the market and seeing what best suits your needs. Another thing that you might want to consider when you first get set up in private practice is making sure that you've got some email marketing software. This is so you can start growing a list of people who want to hear from you about any future projects, your do more Than therapy projects, if you like, um, and you can contact them in a GDPR compliant way when you've got something to offer. So listen to our episodes on marketing an online course to find out why you need an email list. And I really would recommend having some software that allows you to store those emails securely and in a compliant way from the beginning of your practice. So I've given you some links in the show notes to ConvertKit and ActiveCampaign. ConvertKit is the one that I use. I find it pretty simple and straightforward, so I'm recommending that one. But I've also heard really good things about ActiveCampaign. So I've got a link there for you to go and check that one out too. As with the practice management software, well worth having a look at all the options that are on the market and seeing what's going to meet your needs the best. Those are just the two that I've I've had recommended to me. Another thing that you need before you start seeing clients is a secure email for clients so that you can communicate with them about clinical issues if they arise. And for this, I use Proton Mail, and I found them to be really good. So there are other providers out there you're looking for an encrypted email provider so that you can if you need to um, communicate about clinical issues send files securely for example so I use proton mail I've hooked that up with my write-up account so that any emails I send through writeup go from my proton mail address and as soon as somebody becomes a client we switch to using that method of communication it also means that it's an account which other people in my practice don't have access to. So, if your pra- practice grows, you're probably going to need to outsource replying to inquiries. Uh, so, your standard email address, um, that might be, you know, Gmail or a similar kind of email provider that's linked to your website. You might need to give somebody else access to that, but you might not want to give that person access to client communications, which could contain more sensitive information. So I think it's worth from the get-go having a separate email address for people once they become clients and Proton Mail is brilliant for that. Um, so linked to that then, you will need an email provider that can link to your website easily and can be shared with a VA or uh, an associate when you get further down the track. And for that, again, if you're using Google Drive, it would be wise to use Gmail because that's all within the Google Workspace uh, package. Uh, but of course, you could use Outlook or another of the major email providers. So long as it links up and is easy to uh, share with people, that is, uh, it, it doesn't really matter which one you're using. I'd also really recommend from early on, getting your accounting software set up. A package like Xero, can be used to send invoices, track payments, and track your spending, so that your tax return is a lot easier and you can do accurate financial forecasting. Most people I know who've been in business for a while wish they'd got zero sooner, (laughs) Um, because it means you save all of your receipts and your invoices in there, so you have no headaches at the end of the year when it comes to tax return time. I don't even really register if I'm honest when tax returns are due because it's so easy for me to generate the information that I need and get it to my accountant. Um, so I couldn't recommend zero more highly, I love it. But again, there are other providers out there I've just heard that zero is, is better than all of them. <laughs> um, so I'm not an affiliate or anything, uh, but I do recommend zero. I think it's great. And it's the one that Sally Farrant, our pricing queen, recommends and uses with her clients. So that's got to be a good recommendation. So the final essential tool that you need for your private practice before you can really set up is a decent laptop or computer. Um, you're not going to get very far these days if your computer takes 10 minutes to load a web page. It's just going to make everything you do clunky, even if you're not offering online therapy. If you've got that spinning wheel of doom every time you try and load up your practice management software, for example, you're going to waste minutes and hours that you simply don't have. And if you are offering online therapy, there's really no excuse for your client having to, uh, to watch you buffer <laughs> um, when, um, when your equipment is letting you down. So if you're going to be running a business take it seriously and get yourself a decent laptop or computer from the get-go. If you don't have the capital up front, in the past I've used services like Hardsoft who allow you to uh, basically get a laptop or computer on higher purchase. So it's just a few quid every month to get something that works really well for you. And I'd consider that to be well, well worth it. If you skimp on this and you're working with a crappy piece of technology, then you're always going to feel like your practice isn't worth the money that you're charging. I think it really says something about your view of yourself and your skills if you're working from a laptop that maybe you got during training or maybe is more than 10 years old um, and is really rickety. Don't do that to yourself. It makes life really difficult and it communicates something a bit negative to your prospective clients. So get yourself a bit of kit that's gonna make your life easier, not harder. Okay, so moving on then to the tools that are nice to have but not essential when you're setting up in private practice. And the first one I wanna talk about is an online appointment booking system. Now you can get this through your practice management software, so write up Offer Their Own, Or you can have a separate one like Calendly or Acuity. And this helps you to share a simple link um, with, with a client or a potential client or somebody that you want to have a meeting with, which they can then book and pay for an appointment using that link straight into your diary. So you don't have to do that whole back and forth about, oh, when can you make it? When can I make it? And it can be as sophisticated or as simple as you want it to be. Um, so I, I really recommend using something like this so that people don't have to, you know make a phone call um, <laughs> to book an appointment with you. I mean, isn't it crazy? The world has moved on so much. Even five years ago when I set up in private practice, I would have thought it was really weird for somebody to book a therapy appointment online. And as a consumer, I wouldn't have expected to book a therapy appointment online either. But nowadays, people really find it odd if we don't have these in place. And people are becoming more and more anxious about making a phone call as well. And especially as many of our clients are already feeling anxious or overwhelmed, making it that bit easier for them to book an appointment with you is likely to be the difference between... Um, between them choosing you and another therapist, particularly if they found you on a directory site, for example. So I would recommend having a link that clients can use to book appointments straight into your diary. Now, all the ones I've mentioned here, Calendly, Acuity, or the one um, integrated with WriteUp, do allow you to put terms and conditions in there that people have to look at and accept before they can book an appointment. So you can still make sure that people have read your terms and conditions. A top tip from me, if you're gonna offer this link out to completely new clients, so say hook it up on your website or your directory link, is to specify that you are committing to doing an assessment with that client. So for me, I don't offer free consultations in my practice very often. I tend to have on my website a link that people can book directly for a initial assessment appointment and I make it very clear that in that appointment we'll spend 50 minutes talking about their difficulties and working out if therapy and indeed therapy with me is the right thing for them so they know that they're only signing up for that one session this is not a commitment to long-term therapy um and, and it's just very clear what the limits of that are because I wouldn't want people booking straight into that diary and say booking a block of six sessions when we really don't know yet whether uh, we want to work together. So that that's something that you want to consider if you're setting that up but I do think that it is well worth it um, and it's more in line with what people expect from other services that they might be purchasing online now. So do check out Canonly acuity or the integrated platform within your practice management software the other thing that you can use these calendars for is creating links for other things so if you've got people that you might want to have meetings with um you know people that you meet at a networking event that you want to schedule to have a a quick call with you can offer these links to those people as well and you can choose whether it's a free event a paid event um you know, or if several people can join the same time, they're really clever and really flexible. So well worth having a look uh, at what those can do. I personally have found that Calendly and Acuity are more flexible than the one that comes uh, integrated with WriteUp. So I use Calendly for mine rather than the integrated platform. But uh, like I said, you know, there are Pros and cons to all of these, you really need to weigh up which one meets your needs the best, but i definitely consider using one. Another nice to have um, is a phone answering service. So if you want to provide a phone number where inquiries can can call and and have a quick chat with you rather than using email, and for some client groups that is essential and, and worth having, then I would strongly consider setting up a phone answering service like the one offered by answer.co.uk, where a receptionist will answer the phone for you and take a message and then email it to you so that you can batch your responses, basically. Because what I found when I first started in private practice, when I just had it all coming through to my business mobile, was that I, you know, I would get bogged down for an hour talking to somebody who called me with an inquiry, even if I knew that they weren't somebody that I was going to work with, I'd then spend an hour talking to them about who might be the best person. Um, And it would often happen at times when I was actually immersed in doing something else and it would take me completely off track and away from the task I was meant to be doing. Um, Now what happens is all of my messages get forwarded to my VA, not to me, and she will phone them back. Um, and qualify them and make sure that they're a good fit for me before I even see the referral. And she has a list of other psychologists that I recommend to refer people onto if she can tell from that call that they're not the right client for me. You know, So if somebody called up about a child, for example, she knows a good child psychologist that I recommend and she'll just direct them straight away to that to that person. So that's taken a huge weight off my shoulders, but even if I didn't have a VA and I was still answering all my own inquiries, I would still choose to use an answering service so that I could then decide, right, this afternoon I'm going to call back all my inquiries and do it in one go rather than having this constant interruption of the phone ringing. So definitely worth considering that, and it can be quite affordable. So the reason I use Answer.co.uk is that you pay only for the messages you receive. Um, so I, you, you don't have to pay a monthly subscription. You just pay a set amount uh, for every message that they forward on to you. That works really well for me because I've been trying over the past couple of years to make sure all of my inquiries come in via email. I don't really want inquiries coming in via the phone. So I don't make my phone number the for, the first port of call for clients, which is fine for the client group that I work with, might not be for everybody. Uh, but there are still a few people that really want to talk on the phone. And so I have the answering service to make sure that those people uh, get a good service. All right, another tool, which is nice to have, and will help you work faster and more efficiently in your practice is something called LastPass. And this is a tool that allows you to securely share your login details for other tools that you're using, or websites anything like that with somebody else without them ever seeing your password so I use it to share details for my software packages that I use with my VA so I don't need to have a separate account for my VA she can just log in as me by clicking on this button um, she never sees my password but it just auto populates it for her and she can log in and The main thing that my VA uses it for actually is logging into these platforms and downloading my invoices because she's in charge of reconciling all of my expenses. And, you know, I used to have to email her over all of the invoices. Now she just logs in and downloads them directly um, because we can do that with LastPass without her having to have access to all of the tools I use in my practice, some of which I wouldn't want to share with anybody else. So that's a good tip and it saved me lots of time. Um, And saving your time makes you more money. So definitely a, a good shout. Another thing that you might want to consider but is absolutely not essential is a decent microphone. So in the early days, and you know, you can count me in on this, when I first started offering online therapy, I was wearing this big clunky headset so that my clients could hear me better and I could hear them better. Basically, because I wanted to make sure that for online therapy, we had the best sound quality possible. Well, it wasn't until I started podcasting that I realised that actually using my podcasting mic, which is quite a cheap mic from Amazon, it's called a Blue Snowball, and I've linked to that in the show notes. gave people a much better experience because I didn't look like an alien and I still had that really good sound quality. So if you want to invest in anything to make your online therapy feel a bit more premium or a bit more like you're in the room with people and you want to ditch the clunky headset, then I would recommend a decent microphone like the Blue Snowball. That's the cheaper end of the spectrum. Lots of podcasters out there will tell you it's naff. You're listening to this you can tell me whether you think it's (laughs) naff um it's always felt good enough for what i do with it um but there are more expensive microphones out there of course that do more fancy things um so feel free to check those out but any microphone that is additional to what is already inbuilt into your computer will enhance your sound quality for online therapy and i think it's better to not have a headset on um If you want it to feel like somebody's really in the room with you, so do go and check out the microphones they have to offer. Um, If you type in podcasting microphone, you'll find ones that are optimised for speech, and the blue snowball is a good one that I can recommend. Uh, In a similar vein, you might want to have a look at a webcam uh, to improve your picture. Again, it helps your online therapy sessions to feel a bit more premium. Uh, You might use it for any kind of online marketing that you're doing, especially as I definitely recommend you have a video of yourself on your website. Um, It's unbelievable actually the difference that it makes. If you want to see the difference that it makes, check out my um, social media videos that are more than six months old and compare them to the ones I'm putting out now because I have no difference in my lighting setup. The whole difference that you can see is because of the webcam. So I use the Logitech stream cam now, and it is able to just pull in so much more light that if you've got a problem with a slightly dingy office, perhaps it can really make a big difference to how normal you look (laughs) to your client. And again, I do think it's kind of important, um, that that experience of online therapy is as similar to, um, in-person therapy as possible. And I think a decent webcam can help you to achieve that. And also when you inevitably, if you listen to this podcast, go on to create online courses or do a lot of digital marketing, then having that webcam will pay dividends because you look so much more professional when you've got a proper webcam. So do consider that. Uh, Again, while we're on a tech note, another thing you might want to consider is a noise cancelling screen. So I didn't pay a lot for this. I think it was about 20 quid on Amazon. And I've put a link to the exact one that I use in the show notes. It's from Tonor. Um, And it just wraps around your microphone and stops all of those kind of extraneous noises that might be coming from your house (laughs) um, interfering with your sound. Obviously, that's you know important for anything that you do on a marketing front. You really don't want people being able to hear your kids. Um, I'm concerned that you might have been able to hear mine during this episode. Hopefully, Natalie, my wonderful podcast editor, <laughs> might help to reduce that um, because sometimes I do have to record these episodes on a weekend and I can't really avoid there being three noisy under fives in the house when I do that. Um, for your online therapy, it's likely if you're not using a headset you're probably doing it at times when there aren't other people in the house making noise. But even when there's no one else in the house, if your doorbell goes and you don't have a noise cancelling screen around your microphone, your client's going to hear it. If somebody's mowing their lawn outside and you don't have one of these screens, your client's going to hear it. If your washing machine is on downstairs and you're upstairs, your client is still going to hear it. (laughs) Um, Whereas what I have discovered using my very cheap noise cancelling screen that I use for podcasting is that any of those ambient noises that are not a screaming child, um, but are otherwise annoying distractions, my clients don't hear them. Um, I do. I, I often check with people, could you hear this, could you hear that? I listen back to my unedited podcast to see what I can and can't hear in the background and this screen will block out almost everything apart from my older children having a meltdown. <laughs> um, so definitely worth investing in that even if the house is always empty when you do your sessions. Something else you might want to consider but is not essential is having a consistent backdrop or screen behind you when you do your online therapy sessions. This is just really containing for clients. So the way that I do it is I just physically make sure that my office always looks the same before I do a therapy session. I have the same books on the shelves that are behind me, the same plants, etc., just to kind of recreate that feeling of coming to my therapy room. However, if you're um, doing your online therapy from a less ideal location, maybe you've got to do it from your kitchen or your living space, you don't have a dedicated office, or you do, but the lights are just horrible in there and it it just really doesn't look very attractive behind you, then you can invest in a backdrop or a screen, um, which have been around for decades for photographers to use. Uh, so you can get them really easily on Amazon or Etsy. There's a big market. If you search something like online course backdrops, you will just find hundreds that you can choose from. Some of them look like bookcases. Some of them look like uh, you know, inspirational mood boards. There's literally everything. And some of them are just plain backgrounds. Now, I would recommend doing that, having a physical backdrop or screen, rather than using one of those Zoom virtual backgrounds. Now it might just be me, okay? It might just be me, but whenever I use one of those Zoom virtual backgrounds, I get this weird thing where every time I move my head, a little bit of my real background is revealed behind me. And it's not enough that anybody can actually see anything, but it's just like this tiny little sliver. So I've done um, webinars for the BPS where they've asked me to use the BPS virtual background. And you know, I've been happy to do it, but. I find it extremely distracting when a speaker is using a virtual background and I keep seeing like little bits of weird color emerge around them every time they move. I really, you know, for me, it's, it's super, super distracting. So I don't really want to do that for my clients. So I would prefer to use a physical screen. And indeed, when I move house, I won't have a dedicated office anymore. So that is what I'll be doing. And I'm already kind of shopping around for ones that give the feel that I wanna give to my clients. So you might wanna consider that. Another thing you might want to consider is getting a a light, so specifically a ring light that sits behind your monitor when you're doing online therapy can just really help you to again look a bit more normal. So if your lighting's a bit dingy in your room it could create some weird shadows that make you look a bit odd. (laughs) I think we might have all had that experience where you've been on a Zoom call, you look at your, uh, your own picture and think oh my word, Uh, you know, I look really creepy or scary. (laughs) And that's usually because there are funny shadows being cast um, or it's just a bit too dingy in the room that you're in. Again, a very cheap ring light that you plug in via USB to your computer can make all the difference and make you look a lot more approachable, bright and professional. Um, So I've linked to one of those in the show notes as well, but there are a million out there that you could have a look at. So another nice to have, and in fact, our final nice to have, that I'm going to talk about today is project management software like Asana. So if you've listened to the episode with Amy Mitchell, where we talked about systems for success in your private practice, you will already have heard both of us talking about how much we love Asana. Um, I, I, I couldn't rate it more. It, it's a tool that allows you to break down the things that you're working on within your practice. So whether that's something big and recurring like admin tasks or something smaller and discreet like updating your website, you break it down into projects and then you break that project down into individual tasks that you can then assign dates and names to. So if you've got people in your team, you can assign that task to other people as well as just yourself. And you can say what date it needs to happen on. And the brilliant thing about that is it's got all these clever automations that mean that every day when I log in to my project management software, which I do every single day, it tells me what I decided already in advance I was going to work on that day. So I don't ever have that feeling where I sit down at my desk and think, what should I work on next? I already know it's already been planned out when I did my quarterly business planning. So I fully recommend project management software. Um, Asana is the one that I use. Personally, I think it's the best, but I've I've not spent as much time on any of the others. Others might include um, Monday or Trello. So you can check those out too. But Asana's brilliant and you can actually use it for free. I I use it a lot. I, I run my whole business from Asana and I collaborate with my team, which at times is about six people. Um, and I'm still using the free version. I haven't needed to upgrade to the to the pro uh, version. So I really recommend Asana. And if you're interested in that, then do go and listen to my episode of this podcast with amy mitchell i think it's called systems for success uh, but i will link to that one in the show notes because i think it's really useful and it's also brilliant to have something like that to keep you accountable for stuff you say you're going to do so for example my asana reminds me every week to post an instagram reel because i decided at the beginning of the quarter that that was something that was really important to me and the, you know, focusing on Instagram and growing my reach on Instagram was something I really wanted to commit to. So Asana reminds me of that commitment every week at about the time that I should be posting my Instagram reel. And I just find that things that go in Asana get done. Things that don't go in Asana tend not to get done. Um, so yeah, I really, really recommend that. Um, and again, you don't have to make any financial investment at all. So there's no excuse really for not using that one. So I hope that that has been a helpful roundup of the tools and equipment and software that I think you need to get set up in private practice. I'd really love to know if there's any tools that you're using that I haven't mentioned today that you think are essential, um, because I'm always adding to this list and I can always add it into the blog post that goes along with this episode. So please do let me know what tools you use and love so that I can shout them out and make sure that everybody setting up in private practice is aware of these little things that makes our lives easier (laughs) because ultimately when your life is easier then you've got more bandwidth to reach more people and make more impact in your practice and that is what we're all about. Um, So having mentioned Instagram I would absolutely love it if you could come over and give me a follow at Rosie Gilderthorpe on Instagram I'm growing a bit of a community over there and a bit of a community around this podcast over there on Instagram, so it'd be brilliant to see you there. Do you sometimes wake up at two o'clock in the morning worried that you've made a terrible error that will bring professional ruin upon you and disgrace your family? <laughs> I'm laughing now, but when I first set up in private practice, I was completely terrified that I'd missed something big when setting up my insurance or data protection. Even now, three years in, I sometimes catch myself wondering if I've really covered all the bases. It's hard, no, probably impossible, to think creatively and have the impact you should be having in your practice if you aren't confident that you've got a secure business underneath you. But it can be overwhelming to figure out exactly what you need to prioritise before those clients start coming in. I've created a free checklist plus resources list to take the thinking out of it. Tick off every box and you can see your clients confident in the knowledge that you've got everything in place for your security and theirs. Download it now from psychologybusinessschool.com forward slash client hyphen checklist. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Business of Psychology podcast. If you share my passion for doing more than therapy, then make sure you come over and join my free Do More Than Therapy Facebook community, where you can work on getting your big ideas off the ground with like-minded psychologists and therapists. I'd also love it if you could leave this show a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It will help more of the people who need it to find it. See you next week for more tips and inspirational stories to help you do more than therapy.